The name's Captain Jack Sparrow. Seven. Hiya, I'm Bio, and in case you're wondering, you are now listening to the Water Joke Podcast. A friendly disclaimer before you proceed, continued listening may result in one or more of the following. Involuntary and unrestrained laughter. <laughs> Learning new things. Uh-huh. Enjoyment, being offended, and falling in love. And most importantly, always remember, please, don't take everything you hear on here too seriously. Piracy, a very rampant scourge in today's world. Originally, piracy would involve the practice of attacking and robbing ships at sea, which still happens in seas around the world today. That's real piracy. Nowadays, what everyone refers to as piracy is legally downloading your media, which is still a serious offense, yes. As a Nigerian, at some point in your life, you have definitely been a pirate. Let's, let's cut the, yeah. Please, like, <laughs> don't even try to justify yourself or deny it. On But it's not the way it used to be. Nobody died from cannon fire when downloading the new season of Stranger Things. Nobody drowned when they downloaded Bonner Boy's album either. And because of that, getting away with piracy nowadays isn't a thrill. Not like back in the day. You see, piracy in the old days was a pretty big problem, one which spawned one of my favorite film characters and series ever, which I happen to be introduced to through piracy. <clears throat> of course, um, <laughs> it's sad, pirating a film about pirates. Well, I mean the parts of the Caribbean, obviously. I don't know what pirates you could be thinking of. It is my intention to commandeer one of these ships, pick up a crew and tortuga, raid, pillage, plunder, and otherwise pill from our Weasley Black Guts out. Now, there were bad pirates like Blackbeard and morally good ones like Luffy. But one thing you never really classify a pirate as is a hero. And ladies and gentlemen, this isn't just some hero who may have saved a kitten. This man saved an entire nation. In fact, he saved the 15 greatest footballing nation in the world. Surprisingly, the United States of America, I mean, I always thought these guys would be like 20 something or 30 something on the list. Yeah, he saved them from British invasion in the war of 1812. We could have used a guy like that around these parts. Nigeria, I mean. What a joke, meet Lafitte. Jean Lafitte, meet what a joke. Jean Lafitte was a swashbuckling tactical genius with adventures and exploits for days. And he had an older brother, Pierre Lafitte. As it turns out, the brothers were raised separately for one reason or other. And in that time, Jean, or Jean, explored so much that he was probably the most knowledgeable man on matters relating to navigating that entire area. When the two reunited in adulthood, Pierre was a privateer. Think of them as hired guns, except that the guns came with ships. Privateers were usually hired for maritime warfare and were allowed to engage with merchant ships. Whatever they stole, they would share with their employers. Sort of like legal pirates. Jean moved to New Orleans in 1805, where he operated a warehouse along with his older brother, Pierre. 
There, they would smuggle and disperse stolen goods, such as wine, lace, tea, slaves, the usual. I don't know what's crazier though, that slave trade was illegal at the time, or that it was legalized three years later. Pierre would obtain the merchandise, and Jean would sell it through the warehouse. The US government stopped US ships from docking at foreign harbors because war was hot hot with Napoleon that year, you know, in 1807. And the Europeans were seizing goods like Nigerian customs, claiming it was contraband of the war. This was a problem for all the merchants who relied on this um, foreign exchange. And that's when the entrepreneurial spirit of the Lafitte came into play. Because of this, the brothers had to up and move to a new location off the coast, Barateria Bay, which was actually very good for business. Goods could smuggle through whenever and none would be the wiser. Then the bros began to wonder. Say, Brother Pierre, what if we weren't just smugglers? What do you mean, Brother Jean? What I mean to say is, uh, what if we were the stealers ourselves? Brother Jean, that is a disgusting idea. I mean. And so the Lafitte began to pirate. But Jean was a nice guy. It said that after raiding ships, he'd return them to the owners. You know, manage this one. Hmm? Now, instead of selling the goods to merchants for others, they would sell their stolen goods directly and keep all the profit. Now, all that was about to change when the acting governor of Louisiana, Thomas B. Robertson, denounced Lafitte as a brigand, one who had infested the coast and was trying to overrun the country. Yeah, because you don't have bigger problems elsewhere. But this is a tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme, because the residents didn't see it that way. What they saw was a man who was brave enough to sail into the unknown, confront foreign merchants, and distribute the goods among the local merchants. Goods that the government would otherwise never allow them to receive, which is true. I mean, Selling his distribution to. And then came the War of 1812. I know I first heard about this as a recurring joke in a Disney Channel show, but I can't remember which one. Now, America declared war on Britain, which was dumb. Because at the time, when you hear the British Navy, you think, oh dang, they're coming for us. And when you hear the American Navy, you think, oh, nice uniforms. Of course, now, this is not the case. They both have nice uniforms now. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, the US hired privateers. You destroy ships, we split goods stolen from ships. Sounds like a win-win, sort of. The privateers mostly agreed and did hand over a share of goods stolen from British ships at war. But the European ships they were stealing from before, they kept channeling through Barataria Bay with good old Lafitte. I think for them, it was all about job security, you know? It's like offering someone low pay for a job and telling them they shouldn't get another job. Hmm. Sounds like NYSC. And so, the US government became determined to shut down Barataria Bay. However, if it came down to a gun battle, the US would lose. Wow. Not something you'd catch anyone saying these days. Hey, you! Get off of my property! Now you're Don't trespassers! So, they used 
the law. They arrested Lafitte and about 25 other crew members on violation of the revenue law and also confiscated goods worth in thousands of dollars. So, how do you fight the law? Well, with the law. Lafitte and the boys were released on bail. And now you see him, now you don't. Instead of coming back for the trial, they disappeared. He became a privateer for Colombia and just like before, still wouldn't share goods with the government. I'd say he has a problem with giving to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. He kept sending the goods to Barataria and the now full governor, Thomas, issued a $500 bounty on Lafitte. First of all, it's like he really didn't want to catch him. I mean, sure, $500 then is like, I don't know, maybe 10, 20, 100,000 now, I don't know, yeah, something like that, shot. still. Second, Lafitte decided to reply with a 4D chess move. He doubled the bounty and put that on the governor's head. Check. Of course, people don't get mind to catch Governor Shah. However, later that year, Pierre was captured and imprisoned. And for free too. Brother Pierre, I will continue the business in your honor. Meanwhile, the British had kept advancing until they were close enough to intercept Lafitte's ship one time. And they did. They grounded the ship and the crew could do nothing but wait and accept their fate. This seemed like a certain end for the Lafitte legacy. Oh, I can't watch. I, I can't go on. Well, men, we will not go down as cowards. And then the British raised the white flag. Hmm, didn't see that coming. The British commander went in a small dinghy to meet with Lafitte's men halfway and explained that he wanted to speak with Lafitte. Lafitte, I've come to bargain. Lafitte was right in front of him, but they didn't have Instagram and stuff, so he didn't recognize him. Lafitte then invited him back to Barataria. Must have smelled like a trap, honestly. Once at the island, Lafitte surrounded the British men with pirates and finally made his big reveal. It is I. It was I all along. Oh, shiver me timbers. It was you all along? Fancy that. Please don't kill us. The commander told Lafitte that they actually came to ask for his help to fight alongside them against the Americans because they'd heard of his exploits and knew he knew the waters better than anyone. And in addition, if they accepted, he and his men would receive a British citizenship and land. Honestly, it's like back in the day, land was everything. Oh my God, you gave birth. Oh, the baby's so cute. Here, have land. <laughs> I'm sure at this point, Lafitte was like, as this is business, all you have to do is come to our aid against the Americans. This is business. Oh, great. And while you're at it, you also have to surrender the goods you stole from our ships and our allies' ships. This is not business. Oh, well, I do apologize that you feel that way. But if you don't do what we ask, let's just say your um, little island here will be a lot littler. Like, a lot. Lafitte told them he'd need a few days to think about it. 
he immediately hit up the US about the offer I just got. America, this is business. For him, America was a much better option. If he did, however, join the British, it would have been game over US. I mean, we wouldn't have things like the Sony PlayStation or the Champions League or... Actually, wait, neither of those are even American. Hmm, okay, maybe it would have been fine. The British knew the implications, and the Americans weren't foolish either. When they saw the letter he received, somehow in a totally unrelated coincidence, Pierre Lafitte escaped from prison. <gasps> I know, right? It was like, silver or gold, I have not. But your brother, I give to you. They begged him without having to beg him. I call that 5D chess. Check, 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 check. Enter Andrew Jackson. <sighs> hey! Yeah. Future president Andrew Jackson. Mm -hmm. He pulled up to New Orleans and met two ships. Yes, I said two. And a thousand unseasoned trips. My goodness, pretty sure these guys would have lost in the war of the bucket, no matter which army they went up against. Lafitte meets up with old AJ and offers his services on the condition that he and his men are pardoned of all their crimes. Yep, clean slate. Of course, Andrew Jackson agreed. All this time, we thought Lafitte had been playing 4D chess when it was really 6D chess. But pile. Yup. I thought it was 5D chess. Oh, no, no, no. That was the Americans. Keep up. The British were coming. The British were coming. But what's a fleet to a pirate? The answer is still a fleet. Unless you're La Fleet. Moving on, Lafitte outsmarted the British on a number of turns and it helped even more that whatever he said he needed, AJ made sure he got. Lafitte was pretty much in charge of the armed forces. Using the swamps he knew so well, he confused the British armies and still managed to throw in some good licks too. Take that and that. He swam like a butterfly and shot like a bee. Don't correct me. The British didn't know what hit them. Well, they did. And it probably sucked for them too, but oh well. They had to concede defeat to Lafitte because they couldn't see his feet. Boom! They also couldn't retaliate. And then less than 50 years later, they would invade Nigeria. Life. Meanwhile, back with Lafitte, after the victory, the US gave him and his men a full pardon. Now, this would be a great place to end his story. He's a hero fully pardoned, new man, but then it wouldn't be complete. You see, men like me and Lafitte aren't cut out for the quiet life. That was it. That was a joke. Please, I, I, like, I like the quiet. The occasional lapping of waves wouldn't be too bad. So when another war called, the Lafitte's answered. This time, they were on the side of a European nation. They were spies for the Spanish government during the Mexican War of Independence. Through this means, they took over another island. Galveston Island. Then, per the usual, they denounced their government rules and turned the island into another smuggling base. 7D Chess. The other inhabitants, though, were a few Native American tribes, and just like Barataria, it was another blind spot, so to speak. But then, I'd say this is the part where Lafitte starts to go from the anti-hero you love to the villain you don't. He turns the place into his colony proper, tears down houses, and builds new structures. 
has a couple hundred people. I think he also became paranoid at this point, but I can't blame him. Whenever there was a newcomer, he'd interview them and make them swear an oath to never betray him. However, the honesty didn't go both ways. Remember how privateers were hired by countries and stuff? Well, he made a mark for a fake nation and showed his people so they'd all believe that they could legally raid any ships. He probably showed them a green and white flag and they brought it. Haha, <laughs> what country would have green and white alone on their flag? But it was good business for Lafitte because at its peak, his colony could boast about 2K inhabitants and annual income well over 30 million in stolen stuff. I think that's 30 million in today's currency. However, they broke the one rule. You do not mess with the native inhabitants. Yeah, as it turns out, they kidnapped one of their women. Now, I know I'd fight to save her, and that's what got the natives wiped out. <laughs> After Luffy turned his weapons on them and blasted them into extinction. Now, you can say there's no punishment for the wicked, but Lafitte's got his day. Like, almost that same day self, a huge hurricane hit the island and swept it with a flood. Just like Lecky. <laughs> oh my god, no. Anyways, many of Lafitte's men died. The structures went bye-bye. And that was just the start. He didn't die yet, but his facade of being a privateer had totally washed away too. Everybody I clear. Lafitte's men raided a Spanish ship and stole treasure, but couldn't capture it because the Americans showed up. And then they were forced to bury the treasure. But then the Americans found the buried treasure. I can imagine Lafitte fuming. I told you not to mark the spot X. Mark it Y, W, even an E. Some of his men got captured and were charged with piracy. Nobody knows what happened to them, but I imagine their last moments went something like, you can't touch us. We're privateers, matey. Says who? Says Captain Lafitte. The pirate? What? No, no. He's a privateer. He's a pirate. He's a pr a, a, pr a, a, pr a, pr a pr <sighs> Lafitte was eventually forced to confess to his crew. Nobody hired him and they were all pirates. Almost half of his crew were pissed fairly, and said they'd follow him no more. In understanding, he agreed to let them take the biggest ship and sail away, a kind gesture for lying to them all that time. That same night, Lafitte and the rest who didn't mind being pirates wrecked the ship beyond credibility, but they didn't hurt the crew at all. Yeah, at this point, you'd find it hard to root for a guy like that. So he and his crew kept raiding Spanish ships and returning the loot to Barataria. On a particular voyage, Lafitte tried to ransom a stolen ship and was ambushed by American forces and jailed. But later that year, the Lafitte brothers would be able to claim what very few brothers other than Schofields can. Why do you want to see Boris so bad anyhow? Because he's my brother. Jean Lafitte miraculously escaped prison as well. He eventually got permission to sail as a privateer again when he moved to Colombia, looking to get on the straight and narrow again. Uh, well, as straight and narrow as stealing can be. And then one fateful night, Lafitte met his end. He came across not one, but two Spanish ships, and he wanted them. Visibility was low, but he gave chase nonetheless, and they ran at the sight of him. But at some point, the two Spanish vessels stopped. Hey, bro. Yeah, bro? There are two of us, and one of them 
and we've got weapons. Why are we the wrong? <laughs> they did an about turn and launched their counter-attack. Now, Lafitte did not know they were heavily armed and he collected water water. It was too late to turn around so he sailed right to his doom and Lafitte was lost to the seas. He may have been a war hero but not one newspaper posted his obituary. I wonder why. But researchers have uncovered evidence that Lafitte may in fact have faked his death and changed his name to live quietly in retirement. The ultimate crime. The ultimate criminal. Salut, Lafitte. Thank you for listening to the end. If you liked it or not, please share with your friends, family, enemies, and total strangers in any way you can. Help share the humor. It would also mean a lot if you could subscribe to this show on the official Jammer platform and I'd love to respond to your comments on the official Jammer Twitter page under the post for this episode. Tune in next Monday for another episode because really, you can't make this stuff up. Jammer.